Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag every other week to every three weeks to once a month to maybe another week. But I don't know. You're getting a fucking treat in the bag eventually. Yep. I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And this week, we're talking about 1972 Spanish horror film, Tombs of the Blind Dead. Tomb. No, it's Tombs. Is it Tombs? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I own it, too. Isn't that neat, though? That is cool. It's got a little... Uh, a little booklet on the, the VH- VHS slip. Yeah, the VHS mm-hmm. slip. Yeah. Um, but, of course, other than our main topic, we'll be talking about a video game. We'll be talking about a folktale. We'll be talking about other random shit beforehand. We're making a lot of jokes because we're two <laughs> funny guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Anyways, what you been up to uh, the last couple weeks? Uh, um, <laughs> singing lessons. Yeah, <laughs> um, not much. No. Uh, really, just uh, applying for jobs like crazy. Yeah, had that interview today. Uh, you said one pretty good. Yeah, said it went well. I, you know, the last one did too. <laughs> but, but you never know. So not trying gonna to, trying to get away from LV. Still. Yeah, trying to get away from. Oof. Um. Watch the Black Phone. I know you watch Black Phone too. Uh, I, I, yeah, well, you watch the Black Phone, and then I watch the Black Phone too. Um, the <laughs> yes, sequel. Right. Not to the go sequel back. That hasn't been invented. <laughs> black Phone. Uh, yeah, I watched the Black Phone the other night. I went to the theater to see it after I got back uh, from a long road trip, which I'm sure I'll touch on. But um, yeah, when I saw the Black Phone, what'd you think? I liked it. Yeah, I, I did. Too. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, liked, I liked it a lot. Um, Scott Derrickson. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I thought um, Ethan Hawke, uh, as we said, killed it. In that Ethan Hawke was great in it. Ethan Hawke is just a pretty consistent actor in general, though, for he, the most he part. Is. So. Yeah, he's, uh, he's great in it. Uh, the kid actors are really good in it. You know, maybe Scott Derrickson will tackle another Joe Hill property, another Joe Hill story, rather. And maybe he'll be like, you know, what a Rob Reiner or a Frank Darabont or Mike Flanagan is to his to Joe Hill's father, to Stephen King. You yeah, know, yeah. maybe he'll get a director that just knows how to work with this material so well, because, you know, I mean, Scott Derrickson's not the first person to adapt a Joe Hill story. I mean, right. Knows for ought to. That show is a Joe Hill adaptation. I haven't watched the show. <laughs> I haven't read the book either. I want to read the book for a watch I, the show. I tried part of the show um, eh. yeah 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 no. um which is the write down uh yeah but uh scott derrickson we talked about last episode also because i watched uh his best film hellraiser inferno of course of course <laughs> uh no uh he's um you know scott derrickson one of those actors uh actors directors where i think this may be his best work i mean i really love sinister i think sinister is pretty great um you know, some of his other films, like Doctor Strange is like whatever. Yeah. You know, he did a bunch of other supernatural films here and there and stuff like that. But I think this is definitely like, you know, him really like putting together just a well-paced, well-thought-out. doesn't overstay its welcome. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. Tight screenplay written by him and Robert Cargill. Who was at Joe Bob's Jamboree this past weekend? I just got back from Joe Bob's Jamboree. Uh... 
one of the reasons why it took us a couple weeks. Well, there's a couple reasons why the episode's a little late. Right. A, uh, Dick Face Cox, internet. Uh. <laughs> We're fucking doing uh, work on lines and not telling anybody. So the internet kept on cutting out. Yep. Which forced Blaze to go to his mom's house, which is hours away. Yeah. Uh, to work because he works remotely from home. Uh and needs an internet connection to do so. But it's fine because Cox said they will give you $5. $6. Wow, $6, $6. Dollars off of your next bill. I mean, you just lost how much money? Uh, yeah, like your job. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least that's the equivalent. Um, but uh, uh, so we're late because of that. And the other reason is because uh, since last Wednesday, I've been on the road. <laughs> A road trip to Joe Bob's Jamboree. Second annual. Um. At, at the Malco Drive-In in Memphis, Tennessee. And the Hilton Memphis is where the uh, fan convention was going on in the daytime. Um, I went last year as well, the first annual with the Mahoning. And comparatively, there's a bunch of things I can definitely balance. Being like, oh, this was really good this year. This wasn't as good this year. This was really good this year, but not great that year. You know, whatever. Um, but definitely feels like they're adapting and they're evolving in each year that they're learning from past mistakes there's still like a little bit of communication issue right um i mean uh, I, I should look his name up on twitter uh joe bob's like merch guy it was like the one consistent source of information that we were able to get like all weekend everybody else like you would ask somebody and they'd be like oh no that's that person like, like the volunteers at the convention didn't give a fuck. <laughs> the people at the drive-in didn't know what the hell was going on. But they, the people at the drive-in were able to roll with the punches pretty well. Like, after the first day, they, like, figured out. They're like, okay, good. We got it. And they were yeah. able to kind of figure out the rhythm. Uh, but this guy that worked for Joe Bob was just uh, – he he's one that helps run the uh, the Patreon and all that. I mean, he without him, I, I wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most of the time. But uh, – He's uh, uh, um, Ben, Ben Nagy. So Ben Nagy, if you ever hear this, man, you killed it. Did awesome. Um, it was awesome seeing uh, Joe Bob Darcy, you know, went to Graceland with them. I took a lot of pictures of Joe Bob looking at random stuff in Graceland more than other things in Graceland. Yeah. <laughs> it looks way different than when I went to Graceland. Yeah. Yeah, the house is pretty much the same. It's just everything that they built away from the house. So they right. built kind of like, you know, a shopping mall kind of area where it has like restaurants and like museums and all really? that stuff and then the shuttle bus from there takes you across the street to the house and they give you like an iPad and headphones now. Narrated by John Stamos. <laughs> No shit. (laughs) And you kind of just like follow this thing along with it and he talks in your headphones and, uh, and you can click on things to give you additional information and stuff. So it's pretty well like set up. Then you get back in the shuttle bus. It takes you back across the street. You can walk through all the museums, you know, where all his cars are, where all his jumpsuits are, you know, whatever. Did you go to Sun Records? I didn't. No, there's a bunch I missed. I, I need to go back to go check out stuff. Also, by the way, as much as, as cool as I thought Memphis was, I still like Nashville better. Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, I, I mean, it's really weird, though, because you were saying everything was closed, which is not how I remember yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I, I went to Bell Street. 
three o'clock Friday afternoon. It was kind of dead. You know, a bunch of bars weren't open yet, and I don't think they probably open until like five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the nightlife, of course, wasn't there. It was also hot as shit. It was like over like 102 degrees every day. So yeah, I went during like February, and it was yeah, really nice, dude. Like we were getting smoked out there. <laughs> um, it was a lot, but it was awesome, man. I made a lot of cool friends. Uh, a lot of friends I made last year. I saw again. Made new friends this year, um, and it was awesome, man. I can't wait to see all of them again, you know, uh, next year. And, uh, you know, that's the great thing about Joe Bob's last drive-in, you know, and the work that him and Darcy do is just keeping this community together and, you know, people just make friends and all this stuff and uh, just connect in different ways. And it's really awesome. You can just, like, share your fandom. And, uh yeah, they're talking about maybe moving into the West Coast next year. There's rumors of Vegas or California. I think Vegas would be cool. Vegas mm-hmm. would be a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Joe Bob. But it, it connected to Black Phone because I didn't realize while I was there, but Robert Cargill, the uh, co-writer of Black Phone, he's, he's Scott Derrickson's frequent collaborator. They wrote, like, a few movies together. Um, he was there. He even, like, got up and asked a question during, like, one of the Q&As one night. And there, I didn't connect that with him. I knew I knew he watched The Last Driving because I've seen him on Twitter and I follow him. Right. And I've seen right. him like live tweet about it and stuff like that. And I never realized like seeing him around that that was him. So he's just kind of yeah, just hanging out. Like he seemed like a really nice guy. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so something ended since last time we uh, met, and we haven't talked about it yet. What's that? Stranger Things. Oh yeah, it sure did. So um, motherfucker, I thought so, that was the hold last on, season. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Real quick, I'm sure this doesn't fucking matter because the people that want to watch it by now have watched it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been done, out like two done, weeks. Done. So people don't uh, – I'm going to give the warning just in case you give a shit uh, and you want to finish those last two episodes first. Spoilers. We're going to go into spoilers. This is your warning. Um, but I assure you, if you've seen any other season of Stranger Things, you probably know how it ends. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which sucks, because I thought, with how the season was going, that it was going to maybe end differently. Like, it felt like, oh, man, like, I'm really invested in this season. It feels like it may go someplace different. I don't know. And it almost does. It almost fucking does. So goddamn close. And until it- they do one of the stupidest things a writer can fucking do, especially in a show that already has trouble fucking killing characters. And what's that? Bringing them back. <laughs> you give somebody the power to fucking revive or resurrect characters don't do if you are a screenwriter listening to this i don't know why you're listening to us you're listening to i don't know better podcasts i don't know maybe write a better podcast who knows but in case you you know if you're interested in writing here's my three biggest pet peeves in screenwriting at the end of the movie don't avail to dream (laughs) nope (laughs) that that's you can't do that anymore you can't like unless it's done really cleverly which normally it's not don't be not a dream not a coma yeah it's 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 a dream coma or it was all in my head it's been done it's a it's a cheap way to end your film uh b uh this is just a personal pet peeve i hate whenever the screenplay has their twist is that characters are related yep it's Very like, dumb. oh, I'm actually your brother. I'm, I hate that. I hate when the bad guy is the fucking brother. That is the stupidest. Where it's like, we're actually brothers that were, you know, separated at birth or like whatever. Like, don't don't do that. That's that's lazy writing. Don't yep. do that. Third, do not give a character the ability to resurrect people 
with no consequence. Stupid. <laughs> like, I, I, it works. It works, I think, if there's a consequence, like, if it takes a part of them in some way to do it. But if it's just like, oh, Eleven has Jesus powers now. Eleven can just bring fucking characters back alive. You know these characters that we're always afraid to fucking kill all the time? Uh, well, she can just bring it back. Except for Eddie Munson. His, he, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, they're Just like, oh, we introduce dead. a character that we get you really close to, like we did in season three or whatever. Two, one, two. Well, season one, I don't think, like, people always talk about Barb, but we nobody spent any time with Barb, so I don't know why that got popular, but Bob. Bob, that's it. Bob on the second season, Sean Astin, yeah, Sean Astin, I guess they kind of do with Billy. I guess people like Billy for some reason by the end of season but, three. Because which he was good looking, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't see any... Re- I really didn't see a redemption arc with him. Like, he sacrificed himself to save those kids. I'm like... It's like, yeah, that's like the least he could have done. He's a real piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, like, (laughs) 90% of the time. So, okay, fine. Um, But they do the same thing where it's like, oh, we introduced Eddie. And I'm like, oh, he's not lasting. Which, I I liked Eddie. Like, everybody else, Eddie Munson was cool and stuff like that. But guess what? Our guy got to live. (laughs) Yeah, he sure did. Whoopee. (laughs) Yay. Um... (laughs) Generally, I feel like every emotional beat in the last couple episodes, especially that last episode, hit. Except for one. Um, I think that the scene between like Eddie and Dustin the field before they go in the Upside Down worked. I thought the scene whenever Eddie Munson dies works. I think the scene whenever Dustin has to talk to Eddie's uncle works. I think the scene between... Uh, uh, okay, I... Here, he, okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay, because I think the scene between Eddie, uh, Eddie's uncle, yeah. and Dustin is fucking stupid. Really? I thought it was I good. think it's fucking stupid. I thought it was. Here's why. <laughs> okay, because this guy has no idea <laughs> that there is a different, like, underworld dimension where a bunch of bats and things then that Eddie was going out. All this guy knows is that there was a really big earthquake. And Dustin <laughs> goes on a rant about how he didn't give up and he just fought till the end. And it's like, he's just sitting there like, oh, Eddie boxed a, a much earthquake. Oh, he fisticuffed an earthquake. Oh, what a brave lad. And he's like, he just did. If only that earthquake got to know him better. Like, <laughs> like it's like, this guy, this guy should not be like, oh, that's so sweet. He should be like, what the fuck are you talking about, you weird little buck tooth fuck? Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, lispy bitch. Whatever the fuck he has. <laughs> Whatever that thing is where he spits where he talks all the time. It's just like whatever you used to call this guy we know, Jacob. He has rhoticism. You called him a lispy fuck. He doesn't have a lisp. He has rhoticism. I don't give a fuck. But you Like that scene is so fucking dumb when you think about it because it's like... He's just like, oh, I was with Eddie when he died. And it's like, well, how the fuck didn't you die? It was an earthquake. Like, it was an earthquake going through there. And he's like, no, because Eddie f- hit the shit out of that earthquake. Did you, like, did, you, did you push him into a crater and kill him? Yeah. Like, why are you alive? Yeah. Like, um, and how did he fight? Like, how, do you, how do you fight an earthquake? It's tectonic plates. Colliding against each other under the Earth's surface, and it causes this magnitude of 
Like, what? Like, why would he go to his uncle, who knows absolutely nothing about what's going on, and tell him how he's been fighting an earthquake with no, like, with no explanation? He yeah. just says, like, he did, he did, that seems fucking stupid. Well, Done. first of all, he fought it with his metal. Um, he, was, he was riding the earthquake, playing his fucking... Master of Puppets or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, and that's how he was able to fight it. Um, no, that, think about it and now <laughs> re- think how stupid that scene is. <laughs> Just give it a minute. <laughs> Just give it one minute. He doesn't know fucking shit. He is agreeing and sympathetic that his nephew... Fought an earthquake. That's not what. Okay, I'm thinking about it, but here's here's my retort to it. It still works for me. A from an audience viewpoint of just like giving somebody that closure, I think it works for the most part. If you don't overthink it, second That's of not all, overthinking second, it at all. Second, that is one thing. Second of all, that is one thing. Second of all, he that uncle already knew something was going on. Like, he, so he's like, he, oh, my, my nephew's been acting funny and there's a murder. There must be an alternate dimension. What like, the, what, but it's also like all the agencies and like the cops involvement and like all the stuff. Like, and he knew his, the connection to his nephew. Like he was, all, he never believed like Eddie did those things. He always felt like something else was going on. So I think that once Dustin explains that stuff to him, they just kind of takes us a closure of being like, okay, like that's all he needed. He fought in earth. That's fine. You can I'll think that. It it's fine. <laughs> but. No. Uh, stupid scene. And it's, you're not gonna I, that one doesn't bother me that much. The, the one that bothers me. Out. And also, you know, I think, I think the scene whenever Eleven and Hopper, like, reunite, I think that's awesome. I think it works. Yeah, that was good. I, 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 the only emotional scene, there's two emotional scenes that don't work. And one I've already kind of mentioned. I'll come back to it. The one that pisses me off as much as that one pisses you off is the part whenever Eleven is under... And she's finding Vecna in the upside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the other dimension. I guess it's oh, the upside the, down. the love thing. Yeah, where Mike, <laughs> Mike is just fucking, like, rambling how much he loves, like, Eleven and, like, how cool she is and stuff like that. And I guess it's supposed to be this, like, whoa, look, look at their bond. Look at their relationship. Which, by the way, they really had to find some shit for, like, Mike and Will and Jonathan and Ar- 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 Arlyle or Argyle. Argyle. To do. Like, they're just like, just drive around. And then, like, whenever she's under, you just kind of stand there. It's like, but well, we need to, like, justify what they're doing. Uh, Mike just goes into this sappy bullshit <laughs> to a level while she's under. And it doesn't work at all, in my opinion. It doesn't work one bit. It's just corny. Like, I get I get the reason for it. It just, I, I think it's silly. I think it was cheesy. That um, and Will aching for the Mike dick. That, My I, that, God. Dude, I'm about that. That's awesome. No, I think that's yeah. great, but it's just like they've devolved his character into like you're the heart of the group. Oh yeah, and that, then that, that, that was a little silly. Pride. Yeah, you're I, the heart of the group. I like your I, I like your idea better. Where the painting, like whenever you said it's gonna be a painting of Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, thought that was brilliant. I thought it would be good. That was awesome. And I thought he was going to give it to him and be like, I was always afraid to tell you or whatever. Like, I thought that'd been awesome. But it says, like, look, it's us fighting uh, a Demogorgon. Eleven or had me make it. Yeah. You're the heart. Oh. It's almost as dumb as his haircut. Yeah, um, really stupid. But that scene between him and Jonathan is amazing. 
No, the brother scene. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's a great no, scene. But, I, it's just I feel like they could have done so much with that, and they didn't. No, yeah, they I agree. just made him cry about it yeah. the entire time, and it's like it's like that it, doesn't give you an emotional connection about it because he's not talking about how he's. It feels feeling. like it's so obvious. Also, it's just super like, obvious. Like Mike's blind. Yeah, yeah. It's uh uh, I the the other scene, of course, is then dude. This scene was working. For me, I was fucking about it. I was like, oh my God, they're finally doing the complaint I've had the last few seasons. And it's like, feels like it's emotionally paying off. I feel like this is completely working 100%. I was tearing up. I'm like, this is great. Like, I'm feeling the emotion. And that's when Max dies. Dies. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, this is a really impactful scene. And you fucking assholes fucking undercut it you undercut it by giving eleven the stupidest power you can give her by reviving characters when you're already afraid of killing characters like literally like uh, me and Paige were both complaining the last two episodes just slogged to us like, I felt like slogged I felt so, like it moved like the especially for how long they were really annoying oh yeah like, I, I was fine I was fine with it for, mo- for the most part except for the things I said yeah, yeah. I, but, but I'll just say this much like we forced ourselves to watch that second really? one we really did really? I, I didn't have a we problem. were just like we're like it's gonna get fucking ruined if we don't and maybe we're gonna miss them and then we watched no. it and then we're like Fuck! I thought this was the end of Stranger Things. Yeah, no, no, it's got no. It's got five seasons, so there's gonna be like a time jump. Um, yeah, it's gonna have to be. <laughs> yeah, just uh, god damn it! It's like I don't know. It, the Duffer Brothers are like, you know, we are Game of Thrones. We are kill characters. It's like because we have a show with this kind of situations where characters should be in danger because there's this imminent yeah. If you don't have supernatural any fear thing, of yeah, being hurt. Then so if I'm not, af- no... so if I know you're afraid to kill your characters, then what? What's like, what's the risk reward? Yeah, what's the risk reward? Here? Like, where, where's the thrill? Where's the where's anything? Like, where's my connection to it? Other Honestly, than, like, one of I the like these OG characters kids should have been killed. They should have been killed at least a season ago. Yeah, one of them. Because had, okay, if they do this gone. fucking bullshit this last season where they finally kill somebody, who gives a shit? Because you don't have to see anybody deal with it. Right. Exactly. So, like, what do you want? Like, those characters have a little bit more of an arc by killing one of them and seeing how these characters adapt. And, like, have to, like, deal with the death of a friend and see how that arc goes? Is that interesting? Why would you kill at the very end and be like, all right, bye? Like, who gives a shit then? Who gives a fucking shit? Like, I don't know. It is what it is. Stranger Things, I like season four more than you. Yeah. Um, but I have definitely problems with the last two episodes. Also, I mean, the Vecna story is just Voldemort. I'll say it. Um. Yeah, it is an <laughs> annoying Voldemort story, and it's not a good one. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, the Eddie Munster in the room. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the trailer uh, for Rob Zombie's Monsters got uh, that got released yesterday. What are your thoughts, Blaze? Uh, it looks like a fucking train wreck. <laughs> it looks fucking god-awful. Like, it looks like a YouTube create content creator started a Kickstarter to make a Munsters movie... And they didn't make goal, and they're just doing it anyway. Right. So it's like, okay, we made five hundred dollars. Let's do it for five hundred dollars. The sound sounds awful and cheap. Well, I mean, like the music soundtrack in there sounds awful and cheap. Yeah. Like the the characters. Like I think. 
they forgot that uh, Lily Munster is not Morticia Adams. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're making her Morticia Adams. Yeah. And it's like, you. well, that's not Lily then. And Sherry Moon looks like just as bad as I thought she would in the role. Yeah, not good. Uh, um, the dude, uh, what's his name? John something. Guy playing Herman. Uh, is it John Diamond Phillips? John Philip Lou Diamond? Diamond Phillips? <laughs> uh, John John Philip Diamond. Uh, I'll look it up. Um, yeah, he though. does. He is not Herman. Uh, I, I said before that I wasn't happy. Like before, it was even they reveal who the casting was. I'd already said. Um, well, we already knew Sherry Moon was going. Well, that was to the Lily. thing. I, I was already saying like they better not cast Sherry Moon as as Lily. We because, knew that was happening. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, sorry, or Jeff, Jeff, Dan- Jeff yeah, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Uh, where I was just like, she's gonna be in it, but don't don't cast her as like Lily. Like that's gonna be bad casting, and, and it is. Uh, <laughs> it's awful casting. Like okay, my the thing I'll say is that with the sound thing of the trailer and all that, I mean that's not gonna be the final sound mix. They still got time to like mix that sound and everything like that. They're probably just putting in there for the trailer purposes. It takes a lot. Like just seeing people like talk about on Twitter that work in like film and stuff, which is like, listen, don't worry about the sound mix because other people are complaining about us. Like. Doing a trailer and all that, you just want a rough mix, so yeah, it just happens. So they'll 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 hopefully fix that. I mean, I'm sure they will before that comes out. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it just I, I don't like how. I mean, I just don't, I don't want to be that guy that like just bitches about it or like where before like the final product comes out because like I feel like you know the the original show is campy and cheesy and the yeah looks here's really the cheesy. thing though there's jokes in there that hit because of the time they were made yeah right and it's just mean like puns and stuff like that but this is like they're trying to do the wacky Dick Van Dyke falling over sound effects and shit like that. And that shit just doesn't translate to newer film. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, it depend- yeah. Depending how it's handled. Well, this it is depend- bad. <laughs> it depends. It has to depend if the writer is clever enough and, and knows how to write satire where he has to feel like his tongue in cheek and you feel like you're inside of the joke. And Rob Zombie, uh, his not, that's not his strength writing at comedy. all. Uh, El Superbisto was Fucking awful. Not only not only the movie, but the comics are really bad also. Yeah, like he just he doesn't get comedy. He thinks saying pussy a bunch is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but and he's that, not doing that with this, which is even more and the movie's supposed to be like close to three hours long. That's a fucking nightmare. It's, I don't know. I'm gonna PG. have to wait till it's streaming. I well, think. I think it's going straight to streaming. I don't think oh, it, I don't goodness. I don't think it's going to theaters. I thought it was going right to originally at least, I thought it was going right to Peacock. Oh. I'm not sure about that though. Uh, that may that may have changed. I, I don't know. They may it may have like a small run. Um, let me see release. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't see anything right now. I, Bridge, I thought it was just gonna be. Uh, yeah, scheduled for September 2022, released by Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. So I'm imagining it's just gonna write yeah, to streaming. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that you know I posted on <laughs> Instagram. Where I'm like, yeah, that looks about as bad as I expected. And some people commented, were like, oh, that looks awful. Like, that looks, like, really bad and blah, 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 you know. Uh, it looks so bad. Uh, it was a rough go, you know, whatever. I think the best thing anybody said was uh, old Dirty Rob. Uh, Rob is a friend of mine, tattoo artist here in town. He's an awesome guy. Uh, Rob Barnes. Uh, he said, what a steaming pile of shit that trailer is. If I was an investor and I saw the trailer, I would punch him and his wife in the fucking mouth. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
listen, I, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I, is I'm this not- like a is this like a thing he does where she's like. She's like, I'm bored. And he's like, oh, happy birthday. Here's a movie role. And she's like, ah, oh, thank you. I get to be in a movie again. Because nobody else wants to use her for anything. I think, I think. well, yeah, if you look at her IMDb, she was only on, like, a couple, like, cameo appearances on TV shows. Like, the only film role she's had is, like, things that Rob, Rob has directed. Um, like I said before, I like their enthusiasm making it. <laughs> I like their enthusiasm making it. It looks like they're having fun making it. Also, Daniel Roebuck as uh, Grandpa. Yeah, he looks He looks good. good. He um, sounds good. Yeah, he looks he looks like the best out of them. Um, and, you know, it makes sense now why Eddie and Meryl aren't in, aren't in the movie. Yeah. Because it's a prequel. It shows how, you they know, got they got together and all that. Um, so that makes sense. Um... There's something I want to say about it. What's the other thing I want to say about it? Um, it looks like garbage. It, it doesn't look great. Um, I don't know. It just it, it's. I'm I'm not going to say it's awful yet until it comes out. I'm gonna, uh, give, it a yeah. fa- I'm gonna give it a fair shake. Uh, but that trailer is. Whew. I will say this much. Um, if there's anything uh, I could say that I've gathered from it, is it does not have the heart of the monsters. No. It does not. No, it does it, not feel like the monsters. No, it, it, it yeah. does not look like the monsters. Just putting a bunch of dumb jokes doesn't make it like the monsters or whatever. You know, you kind of have to have that charm that comes with it. You know. Um, oh, that's the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, it's not just Rob's fault. No, it's no. not just Rob Zombie's fault. It's the studio's fault for not being like, dude, you're you have a property that people know now. And like you can't just cast your fucking wife as like your your friends. We don't. We just like we're gonna have to like you know review who you want. They should have. Like they you know, should have. This is this is like you know we're giving you the money for this. This is a property. You know, um, we're gonna review like who you want in this. It's like oh Jeff Daniel Phillips. Like why don't you use Brad Garrett? <laughs> You know, Sherry Moon, absolutely not. You need to hire somebody else. Like, you uh, know? 100% no. Yeah, this, is, this isn't this is even, like, up for debate. Like, you're not having your wife in this fucking movie. In the lead role. Heather's the neighbor. Heather has that neighbor that passes out on the trailer. <laughs> Something like that, you know. But her as Lily, that's not fucking happening. But you know what? It did happen. <laughs> so, and... It and really it, should have. They really should have stopped them from doing that. Yeah. Like, I get it. You like working with your wife. You know, usually people like going to work to get away from their wife. Who knows? <laughs> she is a one-trick pony actor, though. Yeah. It's she a, is a, a one-level actor, and that's it. She's not a good actress. No. That's the thing. Um, thank God that she met Rob. <laughs> thank God she met old Rob Cummins, because if uh, she didn't... Uh, we would still have white zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it looks doesn't look great. But I guess that brings us to our main topic today, right? Yeah. Is there anything else you have to say about that wonderful monsters trailer, Stranger Things, Black Phone, or the Joe Bob Jamboree that you weren't at? I got a phone call from Tom Adams. Oh yeah, I did say that was pretty cool. Uh whenever um at, during the fan convention part, uh I went up and I got a signature for Blaze. And which made my heart sing. Yeah, and when I took a picture with Tom Atkins, which Tom Atkins, for anybody that doesn't know, is Blaze's favorite actor. Yeah. Uh, he was like, "Hey, can you call? Can you call Blaze?" And I'm like, "All right." And he he 
video chatted with Blaze for uh Yeah, it was about a fucking amazing. Yeah. Cuz I expect I was expecting somebody cool and I was like, "Oh man, Rocky's going to like have me chat with somebody pretty neat." I'm thinking maybe Joe Bob or something <laughs> like that. And then fucking Tom Atkins shows up on the phone and my heart flutters. Like, I was getting calls at work. I was denying them. (laughs) Like, fuck this company. I quit. Yeah, no, I quit. Tom Atkins is here. He saved thrill me. He did, and he also did the uh, he did the the, the, oh he did he just like did a string of lines for me. He did the prom date line, which is like. Whenever we, when we here. first when we first hung out, that's what made it more special because when we first met, we connected talking horror movies. Yeah, you brought Night of the Creeps and you referenced that line, and then he said that line to you mm-hmm. over the phone. Man, that is crazy. <laughs> He's like, "It's too bad you can't be here, but uh, your prom dates are here." <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, that was fucking awesome. That's yeah, awesome. that's why I wanted to say. Awesome. Well, let's get into. 1972's Tombs of the Blind Dead. Trailer time. The Templars perform their sadistic rites. A virgin is sacrificed in a blood ritual. A fiery death for those who can't escape the blind dead. Coming soon from your cemetery. <sighs> All right, so 1972's Tombs of the Blind Dead, directed written by Armando de Osorio. Uh, Spanish-Portugal release, uh, joint joint release. But uh, Osorio is a Spanish director. Um, it's pretty much a Spanish film. Uh, it is a first part of a quadrilogy. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Um, Tombs of Blind Dead, the first one, which we'll be talking about. Return of the Blind Dead. Makes sense. I, go- that's the only two I've seen, though. Uh, okay. I've only seen Tomb and Return. Uh, the Ghost Galleon. Nope. I haven't seen that one. And Night of the Seagulls. That's right! <laughs> yeah! Um, I know Blue Underground, uh, William Lustig's company, uh, released a pack that had all four of them on it. And they also had a bunch of dubs and stuff like that, and um, uh, the different re-edits of the of this movie. This movie was Tombs of the Blind Dead was edited a lot, uh, depending on what market it was getting released into. Right. The U.S. release was super edited. Excuse me. And there's a particular edit of the film I want to bring up, but I'll bring it up at the end because it'll make more sense if I do. If I just try to explain it now, you'd be like, well, we had no context for what. So I'll, I'll keep that piece of trivia till the end. Um, the movie is influenced by uh, Bequer's Amante de las Animas, uh, an old Gothic folk folk tale. Did not know uh, from that. the 1800s, um, and uh, Romero's Night of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Sorry, uh, which came out four years prior, 1968. Um, so that's really. All the trivia I have, except for the one, um, this movie was super influential as a start to the Spanish horror craze yeah. in the 70s, um, but I guess we'll just get right into it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we can get into it. You want to take point on this one? Yeah, I can take point on this one. <laughs> All right. This one's actually uh, got a plot, so... 
Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> Easier to... So, we start off with uh, Betty and Virginia and... Fuck, what's his name? Roger. Roger, thank you. Right. So, Betty and Virginia uh, run into each other at what I assume is a cruise ship. Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah. a cruise ship. Um, find out they're old friends. Uh, she's Betty's opening a shop that uh, we still are not positive what it is. <laughs> so, it's like mannequins or wigs or it's, something. It's allegedly, from what like the synopsis says and all that, a, a mannequin, mannequin shop, which it's is a, a shop. really creepy business to have yeah, in general. Yeah, that's a really scary <laughs> Which which we put on uh, parallels to Taurus Trap because of that. Yeah, <laughs> which very we both much. we both love Taurus Trap. But yeah, I'm wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. You're wearing Taurus Trap shirt, aren't you? Because I didn't change from yesterday. Oh okay. <laughs> there yeah. you go, listeners. A little bit of inside baseball for you. Hey hey, when you work remote, you forget to bathe. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that, that actually makes sense. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, where you don't have to like go out of your house ever, you just lose a. And the grasp of time. Yeah. Be grasp of hygiene. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll be like, well, it's been about three weeks. I better get in the water. <laughs> like, you usually know that it's that time when Paige starts coming into your apartment with a uh, clothespin on her nose. <laughs> You're like, okay, all right, I'll bathe. <laughs> usually it's when these green fumes are coming <laughs> off of me and I. And it goes, wah, wah, whenever I. When when the dogs start howling every time you come near, with like, <laughs> when the dogs just howl uncontrollably, you're like, okay, fine, <laughs> all right, just start crying. And I scrape the cheese off my balls. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, Roger looks like Fat Mike. Yes, he does look like Fat. He Back like, to the movie. He looks like Fat Mike from No FX. <laughs> so eventually, Virginia and Betty are talking, and the next thing we know, they're. On a train, and they're well, bringing that, their friend that, Roger. That's not what happens first. Roger yeah. comes up, and Virginia's like, oh, it's like, this is your boyfriend. And Betty's like, oh, no, this is just my friend or whatever. And then we get a flashback. To Betty and Virginia. Yeah. As a couple. Yeah, so they had, uh, Betty and Virginia had a romantic relationship, which is interesting because um, around this time, the 60s and 70s, there was kind of a boom in horror and an exploitation of lesbian horror. Yeah. Um, vampires, lesbos. Was a lot of vampires, lesbos. I was just watching uh, Daughters of Darkness mm-hmm. uh, last night. Um, you know, that that's very gay. Um, there's a lot of just gay, like, positive horror films. Well, I mean, a lot of horror is very gay positive, but um, uh, there's just this big lesbian horror boom around this time. Even this movie has it where... Um, it And it also... Even though it shows that, which, by the way, what I mentioned before about edits, uh, in the U.S. release, they edited that shit out. <laughs> oh, yeah. They I'm edited sure. that scene out, by the way. Uh, but, uh, like, they that show. That really it, makes the rest of the movie make no sense like, for the next 30 minutes. Yeah. If it, without the scene? Yeah. Yeah. With the scene, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't bring too much attention to it, just enough where they show the scene. It shows they had at least a romantic evening. You get like, okay, they were romantically involved. And it doesn't really come up with like, well, we were lovers, like in like dialogue or anything like that. It's just like, you know, you know their connection. You know what happened. 
And I think it does kind of bring a little bit of another angle to it as the movie kind of goes along between yeah, for sure. between, between Roger Betty, and Betty and Roger. Yeah. So, anyways, continue. Um. So. Uh, so now we flash forward to where they're on a train and they're supposedly going on a vacation together, and Roger's with them. And for some reason, it very much upsets Virginia, even though it didn't before. Now it's really upsetting her to the point of where she asked them to stop the train they're on. And the guy's like, well, there's nothing here. There's no <laughs> village nearby. And she looks out the window and she sees these old ruins. Yeah. Uh, which big she old field. assumes, I guess, has people there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I guess I'll just jump off. And she fucking does. And she waves bye to everyone. <laughs> Like, Just to fuck? really rub it in <laughs> that she's abandoning them. And <laughs> which by the way, there's a couple scenes that happen to Virginia where she could have easily broken both legs. Oh yeah, like there are some dangerous shit that happened there. Um so off Virginia goes as Betty and Roger go, Virginia! <laughs> Virginia! <laughs> This is this Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> uh, this was like, why are they saying it like that? You just, you know, how Spanish say Virginia. Yeah, you say it different. And uh, but they they don't get off the train. No, they're just like, oh, so they're like, ah, we, it's going so fast. Also, this is the seventies in the show. I don't believe they were using cold power trains anymore. <laughs> Uh, were maybe, they? Maybe overseas. I don't know. Yeah, I think they, I think they were. Really? I mean, yeah. according to the movie, they were. Yeah, according to the movie, they were. So it was just kind of strange to me. Yeah. The old guy's shoveling coal, and they're like, no, don't stop shoveling. We're near the ruins. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> and she's like, all right, bye-bye. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much exactly what happens. Yeah. She's just, like, fuck her. She's a goner. And she jumps off the train. Does not land well. <laughs> she, uh, but her makeup is so perfect. Perfect. Yeah. She's so gorgeous. <laughs> Looks fantastic. Every Everyone <laughs> in the movie is very attractive, minus uh, the men. <laughs> I, was say, yeah. I was like, no, Roger looks like Fat Mike for no effects. <laughs> He's not not a good-looking guy. <laughs> or the, uh, uh, But he's supposed guy. to be a heart thro- heartthrob character. Yeah, yeah. From, like, through dialogue and everything. Um. So, That's always a weird thing. Mentioning that at Joe Bob's Jamboree on the uh, the night where they showed the double feature, like the recreation of the show, the first one is uh, Rock and Roll High School, you know, which has the Ramones in it. And PJ Souls is like, you know, infatuated with Ramones in it. And there's like so much dialogue where her favorite like member of the band is Joey Ramone, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, that's the lead singer. Look him up. <laughs> And she's like, I like it because he's tall and handsome. And I'm like, Joey Ramone? Joey Ramone is not handsome. <laughs> it's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> he looks like Tiny from House of Thousand Corpses. <laughs> yeah, he is a, a monstrous looking dude. He seemed like a super nice guy, though. He seemed like a very shy, awesome guy. But uh... Well, you have to be when you're that fucking ugly. Can't act for <laughs> shit, but... <laughs> But that fucking movie rips. Rock and Roll High School fucking rips, man. But uh, how did this connect? About like like guys are supposed to be like attractive in movies, but they're actually like 
not attractive at all. I mean, I think in seventies, like Europe, he was probably considered very attractive. Joe Ramon, Roger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that actor. I gotta look it up. I, um, I don't know if he was like. I'm pretty sure he had some other big roles overseas. Probably. I continue looking it up. Yeah. Um. So. So even though the train is going about two miles per hour, uh, they're. Uh, they decide it's too dangerous to jump off and go try and get Virginia. He's like, oh, she's a goner. <laughs> they just go. They just keep screaming at her, and she goes, bye bye, and goes to the ruins. Walks to the ruins. Oh, is yeah. like, oh no, these are ruins. Like it's like no shit. Like he wasn't. He wasn't looking in for a, people. Huh? He wasn't in a lot. Caesar Burner. Sorry, Caesar Burner. But he was in the following year, Green Inferno, the mm. original Green Inferno. Uh, and a man called Noon. So he wasn't a whole lot. Um, I think the one actor that was in a good amount was Lone Fleming, who plays Betty. Right. Uh, because she was also in Return to the Blind Dead. Return of the Blind Dead, the, the sequel. Um, it's a different character. Wax. Uh, vampires. Uh, she's in a bunch of different things. So, yeah. Anyways, continue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she gets to the ruins and is like, oh, wait. These are ruins. <laughs> Whoops. Does not seem worried at all. She's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. No, it's a beautiful day out in this Templar graveyard. <laughs> I've got a sleeping bag. <laughs> she, she even knocks on the door being like, hello, is anybody here? The door falls over, and yeah. she's like, well, guess I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she does. She proceeds to make a fire and has a sleeping bag, which... I don't know why you bring a sleeping bag on vacation unless you're going camping, but yeah. I guess she had planned on abandoning She them. has a little radio. Yeah, like she was, has a little radio. She's camping. Like, listen, she's way more camping capable than I am. Like, she don't make a fire and shit. I would just die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just dead now. Like it's like, hey, you locked yourself out of the house. Oh, uh, let me die really quick. <laughs> it's like, well, you could just stay the night in a tent. No, I'll die. Thank you. A what? <laughs> Um, so as she gets ready and disrobes, <laughs> she gets, naked, gets real comfortable, gets real comfortable in this scary medieval castle <laughs> and, uh, goes to sleep on the floor. But then we get a shot of the outside and the headstones are moving and tiny little hands start appearing. <laughs> As we see the, the undead from these graves rising and uh, decrepit in, in hoods and they occasionally have horses where we don't know where the horses came from. Right. They're spirit horses. We're not going to argue that. Spirit horses that humans can ride. Yes. That we will see in a minute here. Yeah. But the cool thing is that the horses, when they move around, uh, they edit out the hoofbeats. So it's very like scare. It's very like intimidating. Yeah, sounding. and um, not sounding. Not sounding. <laughs> not sounding. Um. So eventually, she looks out the window to see one of the the Templar zombies outside, and they all start slowly coming in, and uh, she ends up getting away, getting over the wall. Somehow stealing a horse. They don't really explain that part. She just kind of next scene is on a horse. She just cold cocks one away. of the cold cocks one of the ghouls and yeah. takes it. 
She's very capable. She's like, you tiny hand bitch, give me your horse. It's like, well, my tiny hand. <laughs> but, um. Por qué? I can't hold on to the rain. The rope is bigger than my fist. <laughs> They do have adorable little skeleton hands. Yeah, they have adorable. But they, they move really well. Like, the makeup effects are really... Yeah, they're pretty good. Really good in yeah. this movie. Um, so off she goes, riding on a ghost horse <clears throat> away from the area, and she's being chased by... Does her horse make hoof beats? I don't know. I don't remember. I can't remember, yeah. But, uh, so eventually they catch up with her. And one of them rips her off the horse, and it looks like they almost lost their grip. Looks like it could have been a bad injury yeah, if they fucked that lands up. Lands on her legs. Yeah, she landed. She she stuck it though. Uh, and then the ghouls proceed to gather around her. Mm-hmm. And the next day, the train goes by. They find the body covered in bite marks and dead. Yeah, and <laughs> same same train guys. Same same conductor train guys same train guys same, <laughs> same, same, train same people same conductor and uh assistant the toot toot manager yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they find it like i guess we'll stop this time the chugga chugga chief yeah <laughs> it's uh and also all this that we just said like that's like 35 minutes long <laughs> yeah it, it it's is a, a lot of her just wandering around aimlessly, no dialogue nothing happening it's a little slow it's a little slow to start with. Yeah, it is. Um, so after that, we flash forward to Betty and Roger sitting at some beautiful hotel on the Just the another terrace. resort. <laughs> and they're discussing where Virginia could have gone, and they haven't got, they've been trying to call the towns to see if she made it back there, and nobody's heard from her. And then they mention the ruins, and their waitress... Goes, and drops the tray and is like, oh, we're not allowed to talk about that, but it's an ancient evil rune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then the manager's like, oh, I'm very sorry. Like, uh, w- can I help you? <laughs> they're like, uh, we're going to the, the ruins. And he's like, oh, Brizano. <laughs> and. And, uh, yeah, so they, again, another thing that really, like, I I keep wondering about this movie, they're like, where can we get horses? It's like, it's the 70s. Just drive. Rent a fucking car. Because the guy's like, what are you doing? You could have ran over all those ghouls. (laughs) No problems. I think that was the thing where he's like, the the hotel manager is like, oh, we have a riding range. He's like, no, we want one to, like, ride out. Into like, like a way. He's just like, just fucking take a car. car. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do you want that? He's like, well, you can rent. You can rent a horse like right in town, I guess. But they're like, that's miles away. Like, yeah. just take a fucking car. <laughs> like, I can, I can call you a cab if you want. Yeah. He's like, no, horses. <laughs> and so no, I'm punk and drublick. I'm not gonna so do off it. They go to the ruins. To look for Virginia on horseback, which just irks me. Well, it's <laughs> really it's, it's very romantic. Yeah. For these two people that aren't a couple. Yeah. If everybody's like, so you're a couple. I'm like, no, I got friend zoned. Yeah. Well, Clearly. I mean. 
there's good reason for it. <laughs> and um, so they search the ruins like, and you're... they find out they're like, what? Why are there onks instead of crosses? And they're like, oh, this was used to be Templar shit. They got in trouble for worshiping the devil and blah blah blah. He's like, but that's old news. Doesn't have anything to do with what's going on here, obviously, because Roger is a stable human being. Clearly. Um, and uh, then we flash back to them asking to... Uh, or uh, to Was it the hotel they were at when they got asked to come check out the body? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they were asked to check out the body by the police and to make sure it was Virginia. Yeah. And we have this very creepy morgue worker for no reason. Like, he really doesn't do anything. No. Except they're like, okay, show her the body. And he's like, <laughs> he's like really excited to do it. He's like, yes. And then he's like, ah! <laughs> like, rips off the cover. And she's like, ah, that's an old lady. And then the guy, the the mortician is like, oh, wrong body. <laughs> like, literally a line in the movie. <laughs> and he goes, ah. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's Virginia. Um, they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Um, which Betty seems to be handling it pretty well. Yeah, she's like, <gasps> okay. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I guess I don't see where else this could have gone. Yeah, so. right. I mean, you know, I don't know how I would react if, you know, I saw the corpse of somebody that, you know, tongue-punched their fart box before, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I may have a similar reaction, like, whoa, that that sucks. We, we did things at one point. <laughs> Man. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I can't do those things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Or can I? <laughs> the guy's like, hey. <laughs> um, so next we flash over to Betty at work uh, at her mannequin. <laughs> I'm going back to the mannequin her factory. Mannequin factory. <laughs> and she calls Roger. Doesn't tell her coworker why she called Roger. And then he gets there and she's like, what did you want? And she's like, she lived in Brasado. She grew up around Brasado. And she's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, tell us everything you know. And he's like, yes, tell us. And she's like, oh, fuck. Like, I I don't know that much, except here's the entire history. And <laughs> I was great at movies when they do that. Where it's I like, love that too. I know like, nothing. I really don't know but that But here's much. what I do know. It's like, just everything you needed to know. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. like Everything that I could explain, I did. <laughs> like, I mean, I know nothing except for all this expository dialogue. Yeah. Except for the basis of the movie, I don't really know how to help you here. <laughs> like, Sorry, I wish I could do more. I wish I could do more than tell you exactly what's happening. Oh, by the way, here's the key to that old mansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's, here's a, a map. <laughs> here's a cross that kills all of the demons. <laughs> I wish I could help more. I wish I could do more. It's like, you know, in fact, I'll go and I'll do it myself. You guys, Virginia's back to life. I have 11 powers. I resurrected your friend credits. And I resurrected all the Templars credits. They saw the way of Jesus. They're like, whoopsie daisy. No, they're actual Templars. Uh, Yeah, so... 
Where were we? Oh yeah. She tells the story. <laughs> she she tells the entire fucking story, which apparently isn't much. <laughs> Not really. Um I mean I just I just love that though. <laughs> um so after that, uh, Well well the, the the well here's the thing is the Templars would do satanic rituals where they would kidnap young women and then they would basically do death by a thousand cuts with broadswords. Yeah, which is death by seven cuts. Where they just walk around it. Are they riding around on horses in danger? Yeah, they're riding just, around on this horses. This girl's like tied to like... An X. Yeah, an X. And they're just slicing her up and shit. And it uh, looks like she's not having a good time, by the way. Yeah, not enjoying it. Having a bad time. Uh, even even like... So it looks like the lead Templar, we just called him Mittens. Yeah, Mittens. Because he has like oven mitts. Silver mittens. <laughs> um, like him and like some of the guys are just like standing on the side watching this or even like... Oh, maybe we didn't think this through. This looks pretty. This bad. looks pretty rough. <laughs> we shouldn't do this. And so she's bleeding out, and they're like, "All right, now let's drink her blood." <laughs> and so they all get around her, and they start like sucking around her breasts and all around the cuts and all that stuff, and just drinking the blood, and that's their satanic ritual. Uh, and then they're like, "Well, maybe it wasn't that bad of an idea." <laughs> Uh, no, this is pretty tasty. Yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> um, I mean, she's still having a bad time, but you know, Small Templars, am I right? <laughs> Fucking Templars. What are you gonna do? Um, but anyways, continue. Yes. Uh, so now they go to a. Uh, his, I guess he's a historian, a doctor, something. Yeah. So they visit him to ask about. Brizano and inform him of what happened. He's like, oh, the Templars are back. Great. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, our friend's dead. He's like, great. <laughs> Just proves it even more. <laughs> uh, they're invading this house right now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Just jizzing his pants. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, so... So he's very excited about this, and he starts talking about uh, more in-depth history, and he believes that they're coming back to life, and that's what's causing it. And then Roger says, well, I don't think that could happen. I think somebody might be trying to do the rituals again. He's like, nope. (laughs) They're coming back from the dead. And he's like, that doesn't make sense why wouldn't somebody just like copy the rituals he's like no no not happening bro it's ghouls it's ghouls 100 percent, 100 percent. um and then as he's about to leave the detective shows up and <laughs> he's like yeah there's something i want to ask you doctor even though they're like why the fuck is he here? Like, why, <laughs> why the fuck did he show up here? And uh, he's like, what? He's like, do you have a son named Pedro? And he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> I haven't seen Pedro in two years. They're like, that's because he's a smuggler. He's killing people. We think his gang that is slightly a few miles away from the ruins <laughs> that's also on the water because they live on boats but for some reason they're doing stuff out of the ruins which is miles away instead of their abandoned boats right and the ruins are absolutely nowhere near water so it has to be a good distance away they believe that gang's doing the killings 
because he's a smuggling piece of shit. And uh, so Roger and Betty decide to go visit Pedro. <laughs> it's like, we should go meet that guy. We should yeah. go meet this hardened criminal. No way anything bad could happen. Well, <laughs> so they go and meet the son of the doctor, which is Pedro. And he tells, he asks if they're cops, and he's like, no. And they're like, oh, he's cool then. It's fine. And I was like, man, that is not a lot of convincing that took. He was right. just like, no, I'm not a cop. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. put down the weapons and give him money. <laughs> like, well, the thing is, when they first show up, like his gang comes out and asks him that. But what's Pedro doing? Oh, uh, boning. Pedro's in a boat. No, he's not boning. He's about to. Bone. Yeah, he's about to. He's in. Uh, I guess he just stays on this docked boat, <laughs> and he's down in the hall or in the living quarters. About to bone. Yeah, about to fuck fuck this chick, uh, who I guess is. His girlfriend or gang member or lady. I don't know. I'm just going to say gang member. Yeah. I wouldn't say they were because she's like, they're both like, yeah, let's fuck other people yeah. and hate each other. For also, it. <laughs> also, Pedro looks like uh, Frederico, Fred, Frederico Mercury. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, he ices her out. <laughs> he fucking, he fucking completely like. Leaves her high and dry. Yeah, they're just like, hey, Pedro, they want you to tell the ghost story. He's like, oh, I'll see you later, bitch. Like, <laughs> He's like, ghost story, my favorite. Woo! And she's like, you'll never fuck me. You never. You always do this. You probably have some other whores. And he's like, that's my office bench accent. Yeah, and and uh, he's like, I don't know if you heard, but I'm going to go tell a ghost story. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, you know, level priority here, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Getting my dick wet or telling a ghost story, which will also get my dick wet. <laughs> so, in not a consensual way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll uh, get to that. <laughs> so, they discuss the issue with him, and he says, No fucking way. We did not kill anyone over there. We don't really kill people, not our bag. And we have nothing to do with that. Next scene, <laughs> Pedro, his friend who is a girl, and Betty and Roger are at the ruins. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, all right. They're like, all right, we'll go with you. Trying to find these ghouls. <laughs> so uh, they split up, and Pedro's girlfriend uh, tries to seduce Roger, and it works for the most part. Um, Does it? I mean, he makes out with her. And then he's like, "All right, I gotta go do shit." Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because it's like, "Oh, you and Betty are together." You, even me, you were like, "Oh yeah, you and Betty are together." I was like, wait, no, they aren't. They're just friends. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and, well, yeah, just just have sex with her. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Betty's got interests that lie elsewhere. So yeah, I mean, it up, buddy. Yeah, yeah. and um, you, you 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 aren't her type, Roger. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> you're not a woman. Unfortunately for Betty, uh, Pedro. <sighs> is not cool and uh we get a r-word scene yep yeah every every movie whenever it hits that scene 
is always uh, becomes at least twenty percent less fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it happens in exploitation so much, of course, because they're exploitation films and stuff. But you'll be like, man, this movie is so like, like this movie's like really fun, or it's like just incompetent enough to be like, you see the charm, and then it hits that scene, and you're just like, <laughs> like when you put a sexual assault into just anything yeah <laughs> into anything it ruins it just on the whole <laughs> but you just watch a movie and and it's like you know you're like oh well maybe the templars are gonna come up and they're gonna stop it Mm-mm. doesn't happen no nope. <laughs> nope it it the scene happens and then uh they both just sit there awkwardly as they clothe back up and pedro just has this look of being like Oh shit! I did that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. Was it? Was and it? It's like you can't say sorry for that. <laughs> yeah, you can't say sorry whenever you you sexually assault somebody. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work, buddy. Like, yeah. oh, whoopsie daisy. Yeah, like, that's I, not a thing, guys. No, not a thing. So don't try and pull that, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that scene happens. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. Um. But very shortly after, uh, she runs back to go meet with Roger, and all of a sudden the dead start coming out from the ground, and they uh, light, gently toss Pedro to the floor. <laughs> gingerly. Gingerly let him down to the floor and begin eating him alive. <laughs> uh our favorite is the guy, the little skull face that's biting on the cheeks and the chins. <laughs> I was hoping that we're going to play uh, End of Pieces on it, which we've talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, ripping his dick off. Uh, just rip his cock off. Yeah. That, that seemed about right. But no, they just kind of lightly just bite his cheeks. He's like, oh, oh. His eyes are like real wide. Yeah. And then the girls lock themselves in while Roger goes to find out what's going on. Uh, finds Pedro being eaten, shoots at the dead, realizes that's not killing them, and then ends up getting a death way worse than Pedro, who deserved a worse death. Yeah, Roger, who who really hasn't done much to be like a shitty person. No, he does. He's fine. Fine guy. Yeah, he didn't rape uh, anybody. He did. Yeah, you know? they slice his fucking arm off, and he bleeds to death. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's a pretty cool arm cutting scene. It is though. a really cool yeah. arm cutting scene. Um. So he goes in, and he's dying in Betty's arms, and he tells Betty, as long as you be quiet, you will make it out of here, because they can't see. Hence the name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, one lady does not do that and goes, oh! <laughs> and they eat the shit out of her. Um, but Betty, on the other hand, makes it out. Gets to the same fucking train again. She's great at timing it. Same fucking train. And the dad is finally like, okay, we can stop because she looks like she's moving. So we better go help her out. Yeah. As they slow as fuck try and help her out. Slow as fuck, I mean. Guess who catches up? All the fucking Templars. Yeah. And they kill the conductor and the son. Yeah. Betty hides in the coal. Yeah. And the Templars say, choo-choo, motherfucker. (laughs) 
I'm coming in. And they start killing everybody on the train and then slowly eating a little girl, which is awesome. (laughs) It's so sad. She looks terrified i think that girl is probably legitimately like scared yeah i mean those uh, the makeup effects are really good and for that time like she's probably like these are real zombies that little girl needed so much therapy yeah in her life afterwards yeah, it's like, yeah they oh, just board the train they just start slicing people up yep and then the train keeps on going to its stop yeah and then it finally gets to the town and the conductor is like, what are you doing on the coal rack, lady? Like, what's going on? Why are you? Let me get you off of there. Okay, put you down here. And then some random people who have no tickets or anything just say, oh, fuck it. We'll go on this train. We'll... <laughs> they just like, hop on the Where's train. it going? Mm, don't care. Like, <laughs> We're going on a vacation somewhere. And they get on and then, ah, screaming and screaming. And I just imagine, like, at this point, the, the zombies have already eaten everybody, so they're probably just, like, sitting on the chairs, like, waiting, looking out the window, tapping it with their tiny hands. Uh, they just went out. Playing uh, uh, paper, scissors, paper, because they can't make full fists. <laughs> just running into walls. Yeah. can't see shit. If, if it was me, you know, if, if I if I had a right ending for this Realizing movie. Realizing that Braille is an amazing invention. <laughs> like, but, oh my God, I know where I'm going. Like, but, but they can't figure it out because they have no flesh, so they can't fill. Yeah, the, oh the yeah, bumps. good point. <laughs> uh, they have no nerve endings. Um, if it was me that, that as a writer, if, if I had to write the ending, um, I would have, when they got there, you know, the train docks in the city... And I would have been like, oh, my God, these poor disabled ghouls. Let's give them the nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just live happily ever after in the yeah. nursing home being taken care of because they're disabled and they're old as shit. You they're fine. They eat humans. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. It'd be great. But, yeah. And uh, the movie finishes uh, with a giant tiny hand hitting the screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, that is indeed the tombs of the blind dead. Yeah, <laughs> tombs of the tiny hands. <laughs> they have little baby hands. They have little uh, uh, spirit of Halloween prop hands. No, but uh, uh, for the time though, the, the, these effects were really good. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Really no good. Yeah, it's, um, I, I enjoy the movie. It's got a weird. It's a slow burn, but it's got a charm to it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh. Uh, it was, like I mentioned before, important to the Spanish movement of horror around that time. It kind of launched a whole bunch of, like, zombie and ghoul films around that time. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier that there were, like, a lot of edits for the film. Uh, it was so dumb. Um, uh, so in the U.S., when they got this film, they decided to re-edit it to cash in on the popularity of the Planet of the Apes. What? So, <laughs> they retitled the movie Revenge from Planet Ape. And they re-edited the film and put a new intro on it. You know, they dubbed the whole thing and they put a new intro on it where it's like, 3,000 years ago, men used to be ruled by apes. But then they had an uprising 
and they overthrew their ape overlords. And now, 3,000 years to present, uh, the Templars are supposed to be the the corpses of the apes coming back alive. <laughs> and that's how they market the movie. It was supposed to be a Planet of the Apes uh, spinoff. Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> that's so fucking weird. So they're supposed to be apes, not Templars. <laughs> but they don't look anything like apes. Yeah. Well, either by I mean, you know, either do the apes in Planet of the Apes, I guess, if they were to decay, because they look humanoid. I suppose, so I guess but not that humanoid. If their face rotted off or to, to a skull of some sort, they didn't have tails or anything, you know? But it wasn't originally made that way. It was made as the Tomb of the Blind Dead, and they just marketed it. No, the American release. Was marketed as the, to- the apes. Yes. When it came to the U.S., America's like, well, I don't know, we're going to make money off of this, so let's just make this an ape movie to cash in to plan the apes films. So they re-edited the whole fucking thing. That's also, fucking awful. Also, the U.S., of course, cut, uh, I mentioned before, they cut the, the, the lesbian scene in, right. in markets. They also cut the uh, uh, sacrifice scene uh, whenever the woman's getting cut up. And right. drinking the blood for it. They, they edited that out also. The Blue Underground release of this movie actually has most of the cuts in it. It has like the different things they took it out and the dubs and stuff like that. Blue Underground really went all in. Um, and has all that on the DVD from what I understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they re-edited into a Planet of the Apes film called Revenge from Planet Ape. And, That's fucking stupid. And they just dubbed the whole thing and... Add a new introduction with like a shitload of expository dialogue, and uh, yeah, that was that was Tombs of the Blind Dead in America. You mean ruined? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you ruined the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. Cool. Well, uh, what do you say, Blaze? Do you tell people to check it out? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Blaze Bob says check, check it, it out. out. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's good. It's slow. It's slow, but it's, uh, you know, I think it's one of those films where it's like you watch it and it does have an important part in foreign horror. Yeah. Regional horror, at least. Um, I want to see the sequels. Uh, but, yeah. Amando di Osorio, uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead. Check it out. Check it out. That's right. it. Brings us to our next segment, another curation of Blaze's Cabin of Video Game Curiosities. Coming soon. Alright, so what video game are we going to be talking about this week? What curation Uh, are you going to put on show? So, today, uh, we're actually talking about... Ah, fuck me. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. Uh, (laughs) Uh... Coming soon. Coming soon. (laughs) My brain is doing that dial-up modem sound right now. Uh, This came out last year. Uh, It is a game called My Beautiful Paper Smile. It is developed by Two Star Games and published by V Publishing. Two Star Games is also working on a game that I have been talking about forever, and that is Choo Choo Charles. Yeah, yeah. So I'm desperately waiting for that Choo Choo Charles looks awesome. Yeah, it's still not out yet. (laughs) Damn. uh, so my beautiful paper smile uh, is 
uh, a hand-drawn game, uh, kind of similar to the art style of My Friend is a Raven. Uh, plays a lot like that, but much more interactive. Um, you play as these children that are always forced to wear masks with smiles on them. Uh, you are not allowed to be sad. Everything is supposed to be joyous. And you are kept in a facility run by just people you know as the authorities. Um, they put you through tests every day to where they're supposed to scare you and make you depressed, and you have to stay happy through them. And that's the whole... For some reason, they're trying to make like this weird, like never-sad society... But there's also something strange about these people. Like, they're not actually people. Right. Um, but you and your friend uh, have a communication with something known as the lost child, which was a child spirit, you assume, at the point. I haven't beaten the game, so I'm not, I haven't got all the reveals yet. Um, and it helps lead you away from the prison. But now when you go through the towns and everything like that, you're constantly being tracked by the authorities and you have to uh, you have to have light to live. If you are in the dark too long, you will die uh, because they made you that way somehow. Um, but also the light attracts the authorities and different spirits and entities that are running rampant in the world now on the outside of the facility. So the world is kind of in this like weird monster crazed like location and you it's mainly you trying to escape this entire world mm. so it's very kind of uh depressing uh very puzzly um and throughout the game in different places uh, you run into this faceless monster. Okay. You you don't know what it is. You see it when you're in one of the training rooms, and it follows you throughout the game. Mm. So, yeah, it, it it's a definitely fun play. Uh, like I said, they're working on Choo Choo Charles, which if you have not looked at it, go fucking look at that yeah, wild cool. ass game. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. It, it's it's. I wouldn't say the art style's as well done as My Friend is a Raven, but I think that's intentional because it looks like kind of like demented uh, like middle school or elementary school drawings. Yeah, it's real similar to, uh, at least to me, to a game we talked about previously called My Friend's a Raven. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, uh, it definitely looks very similar. Um, yeah, like you said, demented, kind of like, um, even the same like color scheme where just all... Yeah, black scratchy and white, and black and white and but it's almost like the the white is like more of a tannish, yeah, kind of um, look. But uh, unlike my friend is a raven, this one is three dimensional, so you can it's two D characters in three dimensional worlds. So. It seems longer than my friend's a raven. Oh, it's much longer. Yeah. My friend's a raven is just Very a short, short pre-game. This yeah. one with a lot of endings. This one actually costs about six dollars. So. Okay, yeah, but I would say worth it. Like I, I think the writing. It, that went into it is very interesting so check it out we still haven't done uh we still haven't done evil dead yet <laughs> no we haven't because neither of us bought it yet <laughs> not yet I mean, i'll probably buy it uh probably next week or something yeah uh just to have something to play whenever i'm away so yeah yeah um all right cool well that brings us to our next segment another entry into mythology biology mythology 
biology. All right. So, you heard that Mortal Kombat music. Yeah, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Fatality. <laughs> All right. What we got? Well, today we actually got a uh, um, a United States-based folklore. All right. Based in the U.S. of A. This one's kind of interesting. Oh, is it? Uh, it involves blindness. I made sure to uh-oh. involve it. I was going to be like, is it about women having rights? Oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sad. Ooh, is it too soon? No, because America's still fucking up. Yep. There you go. Can't stop going backwards. Like, <laughs> Do uh, we ever go forwards? Nope. <laughs> enough? Enough for it to make nope, a difference? <laughs> never. All right. So this one is called The Black Aggie. Have you heard of this? I've heard the name before. Actually. You've heard it? Yeah. See, I've heard the name too, but I didn't know there yeah. was a whole story based Yeah, on no. Because it's actually a landmark Okay. that also is haunted. Interesting. All right. Cool. So the story of Black Aggie was about a man named General Felix Angus, or Agnes, General Felix Agnes. I wrote that down wrong. (laughs) Uh, A Civil War veteran turned publisher. He had died and was buried in Druid Ridge Cemetery. Uh, He has a statue known as Black Aggie, which is a woman in a black cloak uh, that sits over his grave. And... uh, a lot of people kind of think it's creepy looking. It's a very ominous looking statue at his grave. Um, at night, uh, people say the statue's eyes glow and they change color to red at midnight. And they believe it is haunted by the ghost of Agnes's wife. Okay. Anyone who met her gaze was struck blind or would be put into a miserable situation. And that is where I tied this in because I'm like, where's a cloak? Blind. Fits in with the movie. Yeah, for sure. See you later, motherfucker. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) So, so I have a story, uh, a popular uh, folktale story about Black Aggie. All right. uh, And it's one told in the area uh, as kind of like one of those campfire stories. So I thought I would tell it here really quick because it's not that long. So, the following story is about a fraternity dare during Hell Week. One new frat boy pledged to stay the night at Druid Ridge Cemetery and sleep at the foot of the infamous Aggie. The young man was familiar with the stories surrounding the statue, but he was not superstitious, scoffed at such tales, and willingly went along with the pledge. The frat brothers followed him out while it was still daylight upon reaching Aggie. The statue seemed harmless enough. The boys sat around laughing and joking. But as the sun began to set, a nervous awareness enveloped the group of frat brothers. They swiftly departed, leaving the new pledge alone in the cemetery. As the gates of Druid Ridge were locked, the sweeping flashlight of passing security guards scanned the tombstones. The young man hid among them, avoiding detection. He sat in silence among the graves, perhaps looking around, perhaps avoiding the statue's gaze. Uh, what is known is that at midnight, a blood-curdling scream was heard from any, uh, somewhere among the tombstones. When the security officer found the young man, he was dead lying at the foot of the Black Aggie. Um, and that is a story that apparently has been being told since about the 1940s. Okay. So... 
usually bad things happen to frat frat guys. It's it's, it's a you know he gets yeah. a pass for sure. <laughs> you so know? yeah, I mean it's just it's kind of like it's kind of like the it. resurrection Mary story. You know the girl yeah. waiting for the prom ride or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. But I don't know. It, this one's kind of like that. So this kind of reminds me also of like Ichabod Crane story. Yeah, a little <laughs> it's bit. Like, like pranks gone bit. bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought. Uh, it was an interesting little piece of folklore. I'd heard the name. I did not know yeah, the story. Yeah, I've always heard the name, but I never really knew what it was. So, yeah, Druid Ridge Cemetery, the Black Aggie, is General Agnes's tombstone. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. I guess that is uh, all for this episode. Yep. That's it for today. Um. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're new here. Thank you for uh, listening for the first time. If you're old here, thanks for stopping by again. If you want to reach us, you can. You can either email us at bladedapplespod, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on the Instagram. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Instagram at bladedapplespodcast. Um, That's where we do most of our work and stuff. I started dipping my toes in the Twitter and all that, but just such a, I don't know. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Twitter's a thing. But, you know, I listened to a uh, uh, kind of like a Q&A about, like, promoting your podcast and stuff like that. You had to, like, consistently be, like, promoting um, Twitter, Instagram, everything. So we got to get better at that. We suck at it. Yeah, we're pretty not good at it. <laughs> um, so, but definitely right now, you can definitely reach us on the Instagram. Um, I mean, if you want to promote our promote our <laughs> Instagram, uh, let us know. It's not like we get like three hundred of those motherfuckers a day. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, don't let us know. <laughs> yeah, fucking pricks. Yeah, unless uh, you're doing it for free. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Stefan Mize for doing our artwork. Uh, check him out. Hey, there's Scully. Yeah, I had to bring him out. Um, he he loved this story. <laughs> Oh wow! They kind of silly. He has little. He has little skeleton hands also. It's true. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Stefan Mize. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram, Stefan Mize, or Crawling Panther Tattoo. She's tattoo pilot Keller. Awesome guy. Loves horror. Get something done by him. Um, he's awesome. What else? Uh, thanks to Blaze for doing the editing and being great co-hosts and doing the music um, as well. Next week, we don't know what we're going to be doing yet. Nope, not yet. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, but it'll be something. I don't know if we'll put another poll or something up. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do a thing. We'll just have a Monsters Club. Who knows? <laughs> Monster Club? Yeah. <laughs> Monsters. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the best part of that movie. <laughs> I <laughs> the like Vincent, that movie. The Price of John Curity. I like it more the second time I watch it. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, see you later, fuckers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. See ya. Bye. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon.